Hi, this is Jennifer Dono with YoungFemaleEntrepreneurs.com and you're watching the Young Female Entrepreneurs live stream that happens every Thursday here at ovali.tv slash live. And this episode is going to be awesome because first of all, I have Amanda Aikinon of the Girl's Guide to Web Design. So she's empowering young women across the world to design and uh, code their own websites, which is incredible. She's got a fantastic program. She's built her own design studio up from the ground on up. Um, she's planning a wedding, being young, female, and fabulous. So I'm really excited to talk to her. I also have a second guest that's actually in studio. She's a local girl in the uh, greater Seattle area, Emily Kirkland on. And so the theme of this show is on uh, creating uh, or I guess communicating our brand online and off. So Amanda's going to talk about that online component in our web design. And Emily is a hairstylist. She owns her own beauty salon here, like I said, in the greater Seattle area. And she's going to be giving us tips on how to look our best without having a whole lot of time, um, money, or energy, <laughs> which I think all of us um, are in a similar predicament most days. Um, maybe I'm just speaking for myself. <laughs> I'm excited to talk to her. So uh, anyway, youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com, if you're not familiar with it, is and it pr produces online events like this live stream. Um, we do Twitter chats, web conferences, fun little things like that that connects you with other entrepreneurial women in their 20s and 30s. So it's a great way for peer-to-peer -peer mentorship or just to have a friend <laughs> that knows what you're going through. So um, you can find out more about YFE or Young Female Entrepreneurs at youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com. I wanted to tell you a couple things that's going on in our community uh, that you can hopefully latch on to and meet other women other than just this live stream, which by the way, I am, if you're watching this live, um, we do... Put, push this out to YouTube, iTunes, and a few other areas um, the next day. But I am on the live chat. Uh, so if you have any questions or input for the guests, definitely push it out there. I also am on Skype. So YF Entrepreneur, that's Y-F-E-N-T-R, I don't know, you know, Entrepreneur. Google it if you don't know how to spell it. Um, but I am on Skype for that. So if you have questions and you want to Skype in and tell us a little bit about your business and ask one of our guests the question, that's cool too. So anyway, it's a benefit for watching it live. Um, so what was I saying? <laughs> uh, so we've got the, um, the live stream and the Twitter chat. So another thing that's happening in our community is that a book club is starting. And I introduced uh, the moderators to everyone a couple days ago on the Young Female Entrepreneurs blog. And that's Morgan Hatton and Jessica Newell. They're going to be your two moderators. And the book club happens on a Facebook group that's closed. So it's in an area you guys use probably every day anyway. The book is available in paperback and ebook, And it's actually Melody Berenger's book, Craving Success. And she is the founder of the Crave Company, which is an, uh, a women's organization that does online direct, or I guess it's online directories now too, but they're famous for the Crave book that's available, like I said, in cities around the world, Amsterdam. I know they're up in Canada where uh, Amanda is. I'm not sure about Montreal, but I definitely know they're in Vancouver and I think Toronto. I'll have to ask Amanda about um, Montreal. But anyway, um, the book club starts on Monday and it goes for four weeks. And Jessica and Morgan are going to be kind of moderating the discussion and getting something going around Melody's failures, I guess you could say, um, learning experiences. And that way we can discuss what's happening in our own businesses right now. So anyway, we've got YFE chats on Twitter coming up, all sorts of fun stuff. Head on over to youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com, like I said, to find out more about that. 
Without further ado, I want to introduce to you our guest, Amanda Aitken. I don't know if you can um, pull up her photo. She's gorgeous. I don't know what it is about this show, but I only have gorgeous women on the show. <laughs> um, I don't do that on purpose. Actually, all women are gorgeous. Yes, that's Amanda. Fantastic. So the first 30 minutes, we're going to be chatting with Amanda. Like I said, girls, she created uh, the Girls Guide to Web Design, had an amazing, still has an amazing design firm, and has some really big plans, uh, future plans that are coming up very quickly. So Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. Okay, so Amanda, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do? Yeah, well, I have been a web designer for many years now. I kind of started when I was, I think I was 13 years old, so it's been a long time. And um, I sort of grew up going through various types of career paths that all centered around communications, writing, design, uh, marketing, all that kind of stuff. And I eventually decided um, to start my own web design firm after actually getting laid off from uh, my job as a fashion copywriter. So I started Better Than Chocolate Web Design. Actually, it used to be called something else, but I rebranded. And um, yeah, I basically serve women entrepreneurs who have really big, bold passion projects that they need gorgeous sites and blogs designed for. And my other business, which is the one that um, is probably my biggest push right now, is the Girl's Guide to Web Design, uh, which is an online course that teaches women how to create their own gorgeous blogs and sites. So you learn everything from the graphic design to the coding. We teach HTML and CSS to SEO, uh, and it's all based on the WordPress platform. So yeah, it's cool. We've had several hundred women who have taken the course so far, and it's been really, really rewarding to see people graduate. Aww. Oh, okay. So why why did you get into the Girl's Guide to Web Design? Because you, like you said, you had the successful design firm. You still have it. Um, what made you do the... I'm going to teach you how to do it instead of me doing it for you. Well, I think I've always had a passion for entrepreneurship in general, and I love seeing other women, helping other women set out on that path themselves. So I was, as I said, working as a web designer for many years, and I kept working with these amazingly creative clients who obviously had an incredible design sense but because they didn't know how to code or they didn't know, they didn't have those web skills accessible to them, they had to come to someone like me to design their website. And while, of course, the sites that I would design for them, they'd be really, really happy with them and you know, it was a great experience working with them, I couldn't help but think, wouldn't it be cool if I could give these women the skills that they needed so that they wouldn't have to hire someone like me and they could do it themselves and have complete creative control over whatever they're putting out into the world. So. People often ask me, well, weren't you shooting yourself in the foot because, you know, people are no longer going to be coming to you to do web design and they're going to instead just go do it themselves. And the answer that I give people to that is not really because, A, I find it so rewarding to actually teach people and pass this knowledge onto them. And B, there are always going to be people who don't want to do it themselves, who are better suited to working with the designer. So. There's always going to be both types of people in the world, and I'm really happy that I can kind of serve both of those demographics uh, or market sectors or whatever you want to call them at the same time. It's been really cool. 
I've followed you for some time um, because of the Young Entrepreneurs Council. Amanda's in it. And um, actually, side note, the Young Entrepreneurs Council is doing something huge today. If you're still in college at 2 o'clock on probably your university campus, you can Google it. It's Fix Young America, and you can find out more about that. Side note. Done side note. <laughs> um, but Amanda, I you've had some incredible press on this Girl's Guide to Web Design. You've been in um, Forbes. I think I have some of the screenshots you can show. Um, they're towards the middle of the pieces I added. Uh, how did you get that press around around your idea, I guess? Um, well, that's a good question. I mean, being part of the Young Entrepreneurs Council has been really amazing. Um, it has given me the opportunity to have, you know, an article published on Forbes.com and that kind of thing. And um, it actually, I believe, was the reason why another Forbes writer found me and I was put on the, the list of top 20 young female entrepreneurs or founders, sorry, to follow on Twitter, which was really cool. Um, but I think... Um, for the most part, it's just been the fact that I think what we're doing with the Girls Guide to Web Design is really unique and it kind of piques people's interest because it is about empowering people. So I think I've been lucky that way in that the concept behind the business is something that really sort of makes people sit up and take notice because it, it speaks to them. And um, I guess that's sort of translated to reporters and writers connecting with the concept and, and wanting to feature me and write about me, which has been so, so amazing. And uh, I think that's it really, yeah. And just maybe some other long-standing relationships. I've, I've had a long-standing relationship with uh, Design Sponge and they've let me write a bunch of guest posts for them that have been hugely successful yeah, for I me. Yeah, I saw that you were on Design Sponge. I love Design Sponge. I'm sure most young women know about Design Sponge. If you don't, Great. Google it. Or go to youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com tomorrow and get the link. I should say that instead of Google it. Sure. Um, but anyway, uh, so I really like this idea because um, you I didn't mention this yet on the show, but I have a business uh, called Ovali, and that's why you're looking at ovali.tv slash live right now. Um, we have the studio, but we're web hosts, kind of like GoDaddy, and um, the majority of our web hosting members are actually women, I think just because my mother and I own it, and so we naturally attract women to our web hosting company. Uh, but it's amazing, the number of women that come to us, and they're like, okay, so now I have a domain name and I have web hosting. Now what I do? <laughs> uh, which is... I it's hard because you're just like I don't there's just going to be so much time for you to put into this it's either lots of time to try and learn it or a lot of money to get someone else to do it for you and so that's why I like your program and that it's really designed specifically for that creative female that has kind of an idea of what their brand should be so maybe tell us a little bit about the difference between something like Code Academy or um, other more free type models where you can go or if you do a Google on how to code WordPress why why as a young female entrepreneur should I check out the girl's guide to web design versus something that's free or my own yeah. research and that's a great question because there certainly are so many free resources out there for learning to code. Um, I would say that the main thing that sets the Girl's Guide to Web Design apart as a vehicle for learning to code and learning all that technical stuff is probably when it comes right down to it, the way I teach things. Because I know how intimidating it can be to delve into this whole new world of code. I mean, it's, it literally is learning another language and technical stuff can be, it's a little scary because it's all this stuff happening behind the scenes and it's like, well, what if something goes wrong? I don't really know what's behind the curtain and all that kind of thing. So I tried really hard when putting together the training materials for the Girl's Guide to Web Design, which it's all a video-based course. 
um, to make it as non-intimidating as possible. It's friendly, it's fun, um, it's structured in such a way that it helps you absorb the knowledge at exactly the right pace and in exactly the right order. And there's just a really great, I think it's, I mean, I've geared it towards women. And that's another really important thing because the domain of code and technical stuff is so often seen as this guy's thing. And there's no reason that that should be the case, but it's just the way it generally is, perception-wise. So I created this course to appeal to women. It's taught in a very, you know, a conversational way, like as though you're just sitting down next to your best friend and she happens to know how to code and is teaching you. <laughs> and um, also there's a great community behind the course. We, like I said, we now have several hundred women who have gone through it. And everyone is there cheering each other on. We've got the private Facebook group and that kind of thing for students. And people are literally, they're going to each other's cities and having meetups and stuff like that because they've gone through the Girl's Guide to Web Design. Cool. So I think that's what, that's what sets it apart, really. Awesome. Yeah, I, I cannot stress enough how important uh, different programs like this are just because uh, as a young female entrepreneur, that is a, a huge hurdle in in terms of technology and trying to figure out even how to code WordPress. I mean, people are talking about um, apps and different larger community sites when, I don't know, just getting a blog started sounds daunting. So I think this is a fantastic program that you're putting together. Um, so as far as Amanda goes, and really fast, everyone, if you're watching live, um, we're speaking with Amanda Aiken, who we just talked about, uh, created the Girl's Guide to Web Design. I'm also on chat, so if you have questions, I'm going to open it up to questions soon. So be thinking about it. Um, you have her here. Let's ask some questions. Uh, but as far as Amanda goes in building this business, you're out in Montreal, right? I am in Montreal, Canada. Okay, so maybe tell us a little bit about... Um, what, it, what that city means to you in terms of building your business? Do you feel like that the, it's an advantage to you in being in that city, or could you do this anywhere in the world? Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love Montreal. Um, I was born here. I've lived in a few other Canadian cities, but I came back here, I think, about seven years ago or something. Um, it kind of just happens to be where I was when I decided to launch these two businesses. I mean, I've had some great opportunities to connect with people locally here. I just did a, a great learn to code talk for something called Montreal Girl Geeks, and that was awesome. Um, but my general plan is my fiance and I are planning on taking things on the road uh, within the next several months and hopefully just going and being location independent we want to travel and the beautiful thing is about these two businesses that I have is that I can literally uh, you know run them from anywhere in the world it's really that whole I mean I can't say I'm necessarily going to be on the beach but the plan is to definitely <laughs> be near the beach so um yeah I mean I, I love Montreal but it's definitely um we're going to be more global starting very soon if all goes according to plan so to be more global, are you speaking with other young women or young entrepreneurs that have done that? Or how are you figuring out how to be global and run a business? That's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, I have a few different uh, sites and blogs that I follow that talk about that kind of thing. Um, a really great one. They're super fun. A couple called Rob and Kim. They have a site called Jet Set Life. Um, and they go and jet off to exotic locales and they, you know, they have businesses, businesses that generate passive income for them. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to just network with people who have done it because it is kind of, I don't know, the, the holy grail of entrepreneurship for a lot of people, not for everyone, but a lot of people eventually they want to be so free that they can literally go anywhere, travel wherever. But 
of course, there are a lot of logistics to work out. So I'm still sort of trying to figure all that out. And um, I think it's, we're just going to kind of have to jump, take a leap of faith, if you will, which happens a lot in the world of entrepreneurship. Yeah. <laughs> but we're just going to, I think, pick a destination and just try to make it happen and then go from there. Very cool. Uh, so we'll give links uh, in just a second as far as following Amanda afterwards, because that is definitely a journey I'm going to want to follow. And I'm sure everyone else that's watching will want to too. But before we do, what I'm sure everyone that's watching is just anxious to know is what your design tips are as far as building your own website and really communicating your brand online. Yes. Okay. So I've got three uh, hot tips for you guys. So the first one is I really strongly suggest that if you're going to start any kind of web presence to use WordPress.org. So it can be tempting to set up a WordPress.com blog or like a Blogspot blog or something like that. But when you do that, you are going to be limiting yourself in terms of future growth of the site, design of the site, functionalities of the site. So that being said, I understand that when you research WordPress.org, it seems a little intimidating because you do have to install it on a domain. You need a web hosting account and all that kind of thing. So I also want to mention that if you want a really easy to follow guide on exactly how to get your web hosting, your domain, and your WordPress.org installation in order without needing to have any prior knowledge, um, I give away a free copy of Chapter Zero of the Girls Guide to Web Design if you sign up to my uh, my newsletter on the Girls Guide to Web Design site. But I definitely recommend WordPress.org. Um, my second tip is if you're going to work with a designer. Make sure you pick the right designer for you because I like to, I sort of liken it to, you know, if you're going to get a tattoo or something, you're going to go not necessarily just to a tattoo artist who you've heard is really good or has a great reputation. You want someone who's going to fit your style. So if you have a very, very clear vision for your brand and how you want it to be presented online, make sure you do really thorough research looking through different designers portfolios and get a sense for whether the vibe of what they create is similar to what you're trying to go for for your brand so it's something that's often overlooked and the third tip i would give is i would really recommend that no matter who you are if you're going to have a website learn at least a little bit of code and the reason I say that is that I think of code as being a real vehicle for getting your dreams online because, and it's not as scary as you think as well, because when you have a brilliant idea for a new product or a new service and you know a little bit of HTML and CSS, which are really quite easy to learn, um, you can get that idea online without having to wait for a designer to be available or pay a designer to actually do it for you. So it gives you much more immediacy in your business, much more flexibility for the online face of your business. And most people, you know, tend to think it's actually pretty fun once they learn a little, a little bit of code. And um, yeah, you'll be much more empowered in everything you want to do online if you, if you know just, just a titch of HTML and CSS. Knowing a little bit of code, too, will help you in those panic attack moments where your web host gets phone calls from you at 2 a.m. saying, I crashed my website <laughs> because yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, so, yeah, no, I say amen to all three points. Those are fantastic. Thank you so much, Amanda. Um, so Welcome. before we close, I want to know about the wedding. So Amanda is engaged, and she's planning a wedding very soon. And as a young female entrepreneur, I think a lot of people are wondering, what does that look like when you go from being that single girl building the business into getting married and trying to plan the wedding and everything while you're figuring things out? So how's that process going for you? 
It's been interesting. Um, I actually decided a few months ago, okay, the two months leading up to my wedding, which is on June 2nd, um, I decided I'm going to take those two months <laughs> off of doing websites. So I, um, in the end, sort of cleared my calendar for web design work for the most part. Um, I knew I was going to be keeping going with business development and stuff for the Girl's Guide to Web Design because I just can't. I'm not the kind of person who can just shut off. I'm so passionate about my business that I couldn't just not do anything. But I did have the flexibility of um, more or less clearing my calendar, which is awesome. But that being said, it's definitely been, um, it's been tricky at times. It's been, um, I don't know, I guess anyone who's planned a wedding understands there's just so much going on. And I just feel really fortunate that I do have the flexibility of I work from home and if I need to make calls or send emails that are wedding related during the day, I can go ahead and do that because I'm not, you know, stuck at a, in a job where that I have to be point. on all the time. So it's been a mixed bag. It's been an adventure, but uh, it will be over soon. And I'm kind of looking forward to getting back to um, being able to, you know, focus full time on growth and future plans for the girl's guide and better than chocolate. No, that's, those are great points, especially the point where you are you do have control over your time and therefore you are able to make those extra calls where you wouldn't if you were employed. So we do have a question from Jules of Smack Lab. And Jules, you'll have to share your um, URL so I can mention it to everyone. But she has a website that's been under construction for uh, months and it's always on the back burner when clients come first. Any ideas for working around a busy schedule and trying to learn code and design and all that fun stuff? Hmm. That's a good question. Well, I guess I would say that, I mean, it's kind of just one of those things you sort of have to make a priority. It is definitely important to, you know, have a web presence these days. I mean, there's, there's no, no getting around that. Although it sounds like you're not in a bad position. If you still have client work coming in, despite not having a website, you must be pretty good at what, what you do. So that's not so bad, but I would say to just, Actually, this is a great tip. I learned this from uh, Laura Roeder, who many of you are probably familiar with. Um, she's brilliant. She's great. She always says that unless something is literally on your calendar, it's not happening. It's not real. So I use the principle in my life all the time. Literally, if there's something I know I need to do, just block in two hours for it on a Wednesday or whenever it is you can fit it in. And then set it up so if you use Google Calendar or something, you have reminders. Because if you just say, oh, I need to get to that, I need to get to it, it's probably never going to happen. But if it's actually on there, it's far more likely to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say in general, when it comes to doing website-related stuff, when you're just starting out and you're trying to learn things, it can take a fair amount of time. So be realistic and be gentle with yourself. I mean, don't expect to get your whole site up in a weekend. But maybe if you a lot of few hours every week you can get it done in like a month or something I have to say um really fast Erin of well in LA who was on the show a couple of live streams back she mentioned um an event she went to in uh, in LA and I apologize I don't remember the event name but it was the founder of Docstock that was there and presented and she had a number of objections against what he had said at the meeting as far as um self-care goes and different things like that but the one thing that I did take away because I watched the video afterwards and I'll have to include it over at youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com but he said um put the big rocks in the vase first which um our producer is always talking about again I'll have the link over at youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com but it's put the big rocks in first so that the little rocks will fill in so if the website is a big rock for you um 
probably should prioritize it and put it on your calendar faster than others. Uh, so anyway, I just wanted to mention that because it was a good, it was a really good video other than the self-care part. Uh, <laughs> so Amanda, thank you so much for being on the show. You're fantastic. I absolutely love everything that you're doing. Um, you're gorgeous. You have so many amazing things that are coming up in the future. Where can we find you after the live stream? Well, you can find me at girlsguidetowebdesign.com and that's also where you go if you want to get email updates about the Girls Guide and that sort of thing. Um, I'm actually getting ready to launch something called Girls Guide to Web Design Backpacker, which is like a free email course, if you will, where every week you'll get new tips about getting your web presence up and online and looking great and little mini design tutorials and that kind of thing. So if you sign up to the newsletter there, you'll get in on those. And you can also find us on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash girlsguidetowebdesign. Or, yes, girlsguidetowebdesign. <laughs> and um, I'm also on Twitter. My, my name is Amanda Aitken on Twitter. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for being on the show. So many fantastic tips. Awesome. Hopefully all of you will check out Amanda after the live stream and um, connect with her on Twitter. Amanda, congrats on the wedding, or I guess I should say best wishes, and I hope to stay in touch. Thank you so much, Jennifer. All right, so now we're going to go ahead and transition over, and we're going to take a short break. So less than a minute, we're going to bring Emily Kirkland on. And so we just talked about web design and looking our best online. And now we're going to talk about um, hair, <laughs> which I'm sorry, as a young female entrepreneur, is a very valid concern. So um, we'll see you back in 60 seconds. Again, if you're watching live, you're watching uh, the Young Female Entrepreneurs live stream that happens every Thursday here at ovali.tv slash live. And for the last seven shows, this is our eighth one, I've been Skyping people in like Amanda from around, um, well, actually just really North America. <laughs> um, but it's been super fun. And today is the first time I've ever had someone in studio. This is Emily Kirkland. She is a local girl out here in the greater Seattle area. Duval, Washington specifically. So if you're someone in our small town of Duval, give us a what what on the chat. <laughs> um, but we are, I am on chat. So if you have questions for Emily, definitely voice them over. 
But without further ado, I'll let you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what your business is all about. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, my name is Emily Kirkland, and I'm a wife, mother, and a business owner and a hairdresser. I've been a hairdresser for 10 years. And it's crazy owning your own business and keeping on top of everything. And it's a crazy life, but it's fun and very worth it. So um, one of the awkward things about young female entrepreneurs is I always have to ask someone how old they are. Mm -hmm. I don't have to, but it's just something I'm curious about. And I think all of you will be too in order to relate to Emily. 26. She, okay. 26 years old. She owns her own business. She has a husband and how many kids? I have three kids. I have five, <laughs> two and a half, and one and a half. So it's, it's pandemonium. Awesome. No, her kids are the <laughs> cutest things you've ever seen. Um, I don't have any pictures because I didn't want to like oh, breach yeah. that. Um, but three kids and she's able to manage everything very well. And so I'm excited to uh, share some of her tips or have her share some of her tips with you as far as being a mom goes. And if you have any questions about that type of a thing, totally cool to chat that in too. But as you watch, we're going to first talk a little bit about Emily and her business. And then we're going to get into some tips on styling your hair so that it doesn't look like you didn't have time to take a shower in the morning, which... Which is legitimate. It happens. Happens a lot. Uh, more than I want to say. I <laughs> um, so anyway, mm -hmm. before we get into the tips, let's hear a little bit more about you and okay. how you got started. So when exactly did you get into beauty, hair care, all that fun I stuff? I went to beauty school while I was a high in high school, a senior in high school. So it's like, it was 2002. And um, so I went through the beauty school thing and graduated and so I had my license, and I had no idea what to do. I'm like, I'm not ready to, you know, work on people and cut someone's hair yet. So I went to advanced training in downtown Seattle, uh, Jean Moraes to be exact. And I loved it. I learned so much. But over there, it's segregated. It's, um, you know, design, cutting, or color. So to me, the two go hand in hand. And while I learned a lot, I went with design, um, I didn't want to do that. If I'm going to take the time to foil someone's hair and correctly place hair or, the, you know, the color strategically somewhere, I want to make sure that I'm cutting it to complement that. Um, and I wanted a more personal experience for my clientele as well. Okay, so. so one of the things I talked to Emily before the show about is, um, I mentioned it earlier, the Young Entrepreneur Council is has their Fix Young America initiative. And so they're doing a lot of things to get young people who are unemployed to start their own businesses and making sure that we have the support necessary to do so. And like I said, they're rallying people around the country, um, 300 universities, to get Stephen Colbert to be the voice of this campaign, which is funny. Um I think it's great. Yeah, it's it's great. But see, they're focusing really in on higher education. And I'm not sure how much they're doing as far as like the tr the tech schools go, training that, you know, specific things, whether it's beauty or if it's mechanics, whatever it is, to provide them with the resources after they've gone through that training to start their own businesses. What was your experience in 2002 as far as business training when that happens? Not much. I mean, I mean, seriously, I think that beauty school, you learn how to mix color, apply it. It might be different now because that was a while ago. But, you know, and if you want to learn more, you have to really pursue that in um, trial and error. That's how I learned. I, you know, like I said, I did the advanced training and then I, I learned, you, it's important to learn everything you can and learn um, how to specifically tailor the needs of your client sitting in your chair. And so, you know, really just trial and error in time and this works and this doesn't. And 
but there really isn't much out there from what I know. I know there's a few um, beauty schools in the Seattle area that are good. Um, like they're really good at um, placing people in salons that they would fit mm-hmm. in after they finish their training. And I think nowadays, I might be wrong on this, but you know, you finish beauty school and then you intern for a year, which I think is a fabulous idea because you can you learn so much just by watching other people do work. And I think it's right. like that in any industry. I think, yeah, those, those are all great points. So if you are in beauty school, again, um, if they offered some form of business education along with the classes that you're taking, would you have taken it? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So what, at what point during um, the whole process of going to school and then getting into the real world did you say, I'm going to actually go out on my own and not be employed by someone? That happened for me after I had my first daughter, Avery, when she was five. I just thought, you know, because I was working for a great salon in Woodinville that I loved so much, but, you know, I wasn't able to tailor my own hours and my schedule and stuff like that. And as a new mom, I felt that that was really important. And I was living in Duval at the time, and so to be close to home was nice. Um, so that's when I decided to go out on my own. And I'm so glad I did. I wouldn't change it for anything. So I think were, it's so important. It was mainly um, travel and Travel, time. time, and I've always wanted to kind of have my own gig. So, Very cool. Yeah. Now, as far as getting started and capital goes and all that fun stuff, is that something that you totally self-funded or did you have help from someone no, else? No, totally self-funded. So luckily, a lot of my clients followed me from Winville to Duval. So um, that helped me get my business off the ground, and I'm really fortunate to have good friends in business who have been in business for 30-plus years. So I got I get to pick their brain on things like, oh, how did you market yourself to get where you are now? And I the way my business has grown has all been word of mouth. Yeah, I think that's an important little piece because everyone I have interviewed so far, the reason why I was really excited to bring Emily on the show is because she's running – a more, um, I guess, typical business. When we look at Forbes and different things like that and you see these women that are starting these huge um, online applications or guilt or, you know, rent the runway, whatever it is in the beauty industry, the majority of young women are really owning their own hair salons. They're, um, you know, doing consultant work. They're doing things that are on the ground, um, time for money kind of a thing. Right. So I thought you were a perfect example, and especially adding into it that she has three kids. And I know Mm -hmm. a lot of you, um, one of the big questions that we get usually on this live stream or in the blog is, what does it look like to want to be a mom? A lot of you do enter into entrepreneurship because you want to, at some point, have that flexibility of time with kids. So I, I mean... With the vision that you had back then mm-hmm. of having time for your kids, is that actually what you're seeing happening today? It's it's totally working. I mean, I have three. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like, you know, I'll be corresponding with a client via text message about reminding them of their appointment, which is tomorrow. And I'm, you know, pulling my two-and-a-half-year-old off of the piano, and I'm wiping something off my son's face that could be leftover banana or a booger. And I've got a five-year-old <laughs> over there asking to watch me watch her be a unicorn. So it's... It's just learning the balance, and it took me a while to kind of find the group, especially with um, my jump from two to three children, just because it got a little crazier. So I have specific block times of my day that are for work and kids, and luckily, I I stay at home with my kids during the day, and so um, I work four days a week, and I start after five o'clock, so when my husband gets home, so that that way, I'm with my kids during the day, and I do do some work, you know, paperwork and stuff like that. 
Um, but and but my clients love that because a lot of my clientele are women who want to get away from their kids for a little bit. So they're like, woohoo, hair appointment tonight, you know, so <laughs> often her duty. So it works out really nice. I, I think I'm very fortunate in that. And as far as your brand goes, um, I have gotten my hair done with Emily before. She's fantastic. You go into it, and it's a very nice environment, great customer service. You have a lot of stuff that you do in, in-house, but then you also go out on appointment, and you do um, – like we have a bridal hair design in there. You've done stuff like that. How did you learn how to present your brand as far as, you know, the experience of going to see Emily? You know, I think I I learned because I knew what I wanted when I went to go get my hair done. I didn't want a whole lot of ruckus going on, you know, where it's like <laughs> you're getting your hair done and people are walking by on the street watching you and you've got foils in your hair. and Like it. Um, certain well, places. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's kind I of crazy. I think embarrassing. I know, right? Me too. Yeah. So luckily, I, I really lucked out because the girl who owns the salon that I run my business out of, I have my own space and a door and a window. And it's just, I knew what I wanted in the service industry. So I wanted to be able to offer that because it's kind of getting rarer and rarer for people to be able to find a really personal experience because a lot of big salons, they're great, but it's like get them in and out, get them in and out, get them in and out. You know, it's kind of a quick yeah. type of a thing. So as far as your salon goes and the personal experience and the beauty industry as a whole, because I know there's a lot of women that follow IFE that are in the beauty industry, um, a lot of tanning uh, women, yeah. which is a really interesting business model to look at. And I believe it's Kelly Richardson. Um, Kelly, I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name, but you guys, I'll have the link over for her. She's a great person to follow on Twitter. Um, but anyway... What do you see the industry doing in the next couple of years as far as you giving that personal experience versus the large chains that are doing kind of that come in and will push you out and will collect your money kind of a thing? I know I'll never do that. If you know what I mean, yeah. like my you, clients have mm-hmm. been so loyal to me and the people in my chair is what it's all about, in my opinion. And as long as I'm growing and learning how to better accommodate them, that's what it's all about. So I don't, I, I mean, I won't. Do you think that with the economy that still one-on-one stuff is possible? Or do you think people Absolutely. are more trying to save money? And No, I've, I did see a little bit, you know, a lot of, a lot of people when it came to like budgeting and stuff, they're like, okay, I'm just going to color my own hair at home. Yeah. It worked for some people, but in the long run, it wasn't <laughs> necessarily, you know, it, it can be a disastrous yeah. a little bit. So um, I haven't, you know, I didn't. I didn't feel that economic crunch, luckily. That's good to know. And I think um, I think a lot of it is because I was able to build my clientele before the crash happened. Do you feel like at all that um, same question I asked Amanda as far as the city goes and where she's building a business? The area that we're in is very high. I mean, Microsoft mm-hmm. is just minutes away, and um, so it's definitely a certain population lives here. Do you think that that has benefited you? Absolutely. I mean, Microsoft has been huge. I I think probably 65% of my clientele are all, we call them Microsofties. I mean, they're all over. I mean, so definitely, that definitely helps. So really looking into your local demographics. So important. Yes. I mean, go anywhere where there's a big corporation and it's, you want to be where the business is. All right, so before we get into more about building a business, let's talk about some tips for those of us who are moms or maybe not moms and planning a wedding like Amanda or doing, maybe you have a full-time job and you're trying to build the business on the side and maybe you need to run out for a meeting (laughs) during your lunch break. So let's get some tips on how to make sure that we're looking our best 
in the worst possible conditions. <laughs> I love that. In the worst possible conditions. Yes. I am, I think right now what is our saving grace, we were talking about this earlier, is the fact that that kind of tousled look is really in. You know, it's easy to do. I think that it's important that if you're going to do a tousled look, add a little bit of a shine spray to make it look like you meant for it to be that way. <laughs> you know, braiding, have throwing in a simple side braid or a twist and pinning it back, you know, something like what we have with Lauren Conrad here. Oh, yeah. Let's look at the pictures. So we've got um, four pictures at the very end that you can go through. This one is like you are saying with Lauren Conrad. Yes. And if you don't know how to braid, no biggie. Go on Pinterest and look for, they have tons of tutorials and blogs on how to braid and just kind of, you know, start to practice with it. And once you get it down, it's super easy and quick to just throw in a side braid and then put the rest of your hair in a messy ponytail. This is a twist. Um, and that's really easy. I mean, that's just twisting and twisting and twisting and twisting until you pin it back. And I love that kind of tousled beach kind of wave. It's real simple. So the beach wave, I've read a few different places to get that as like salt water, that type of a thing. Yeah. Um, there is like sea salt spray. You could always, it really depends on the texture of your hair. I mean, if you have, you know, you have thick hair and it's got a bit of natural wave in it, that helps. But if you have really fine straight hair and it doesn't hold a curl, you can't necessarily do that. So that's why I, um, Jennifer Aniston is a great model for straight hair because she has really straight hair naturally. Um, and I love that ponytail. And that is so easy. All you have to do is pull, make sure, just put your hair up back in a ponytail. And then you kind of pick up that back section a bit and, and just kind of untidy it. It's so easy. Can I just say that I've been in probably four or five Skype uh, video calls and Google Hangouts this week where it's been off the cuff kind of stuff. And I've had to run and try and put myself together for them. So these tips are fantastic. Yeah. And I know it may seem a little vain to be going over this. I We are supposed to be talking about business and getting investors and all these little things, but it's important it's to always fun. present your best self, mm -hmm. right? Especially as a business owner and a young female entrepreneur. And I you're important agree. enough to do that. I agree. Mm -hmm. Okay, so tell us about this Okay, one. I love this example of that kind of tousled look. That's a perfect example. It's just kind of, you know, even if you were to leave the gym with, you know, if you have like 10 minutes when you leave the gym and you're really sweaty, <laughs> what is sweat? It's salt water. If you blow dry that in, you have instant texture to work with. So I just do it. that's a good tip. It, yeah, and you think you can get a, a $10, um, our producer's laughing at us. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um you know, a $10 little blow dryer to stick in your gym bag. It's really not that big of a deal. One of my New Year's resolutions this year was to not go out of the house without makeup on and my hair done, um, which I've broken a couple times so far. And we live in a small town, so when I go to the grocery store, everyone, you always oh, meet you so always many. run into everyone, right? Yeah. That's so, one time. Um, so I really like these tips for that reason. And the gym thing, leaving the gym mm -hmm. and then going to go run a couple errands or go to grab a cup of coffee, you will always run into a, a colleague or a peer or someone like that look, looking your worst. I so know. <laughs> these are fantastic tips. Um, so any other tips as far as maybe not so much beauty anymore, but what if we're a mom? Mm -hmm. And I know I, I don't know if I let you prepare these questions <laughs> or anything. So this will be fun. Let's say that you're a mom at home trying to build a business mm -hmm. and maybe just getting started. So if you are a mom at home right now, that type of a thing, yeah. what tips do you have for her as far as juggling everything? I would 
it can get really overwhelming to try to grow a clientele and be home with kids during the day because sometimes you might feel like, um, I'm wasting time. You know, I need to be out trying to market my business yeah. because that's my livelihood. Facebook is a wonderful way to get your name out there and join your city, your local city's um, homepage too. Oh, that's a good one. And post little like promotions or, you know, this week we're having da 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 on that so that that's a way that people get out and see that. Um, and I think another thing that really was helpful for me is I would get overwhelmed so easily with, um, you know, take, taking calls during the day and I've got, you know, a kid I'm trying to entertain. And so um, blocking, having time scheduled for kid time and then work time. And I actually do a lot of my callbacks and scheduling and stuff like that when my kids are napping. That's a good um, point. I know a yeah. lot of moms that do the nap time thing. So if there are people out there that say you can't be a mom and build a successful business or what's going on with that. What What is your response to that opinion that your business is your baby? How can you raise other babies? Oh my goodness. I've done it. It's easy. That's a good response. I've done it. it it's really not <laughs> rocket science. It's it's tough and you've got to find out what works for you and the juggle of things so that it's balanced. But once you get it down, you've got it. It's not a big deal. You know, word of mouth is a great way of, you know, um, how I, one of the ways I built was I have a little sign and it's framed and it says, um, send me referral, $10 off your next appointment. So kind of people got excited about that. And I had people coming in with like four referrals. So it was like a free haircut almost, you know? Nice. So just little things like that help a lot and go a really long way. Word of mouth is powerful. So I'm on, uh, if you're watching the live stream right now, I am on chat. So if you have questions for Emily, whether it's um, trying to get your hair to do what you want it to do so you look great at a meeting, or if you have kids, we have a few minutes left and you're welcome to chat in questions. I'm also on Skype. Um, so let me know if you want to Skype in and get your business name up on the TV, all that fun stuff um, that we've got going on. But before uh, we end, I wanted to ask you a couple things as far as being a wife goes, and I know this is a question that I ask every woman um, that comes on the live stream as far as having that relationship and what the partner means in building your business. Do you feel like your husband has been an integral part in building your business? How much How much involvement does he have in the day-to-day? -day? A lot. My husband's very hands-on, and he helps me so much with my children. And he allow, and that's a good thing because then I can be like, okay, I'm going to run to Starbucks for an hour and just go do some things for business, and I don't have to worry about that. So... He's been a very solid rock for me because sometimes I come home and I'm just all crazy and <laughs> I've had this. And, you know, with me starting at 5 o'clock at night, sometimes I don't get done until 9.30 or 10, which is fine. But, you know, I come home all frazzled and, you know, have all this stuff yeah. on my mind. And he's really great about um, being that kind of constant, solid Do rock. you feel like you could do this without him or is he... Oh, gosh, that's a hard question. I've never had to do it without him, but he has been out of town a couple times, and, and we manage. I'm fortunate to have family in town, uh, in the same town that I live in, so they help out a lot. Um, he is good for me. I think as a business owner, it's really important to have something that's just for you. You know what I mean? And he's been good at just taking care of me, not my business. I take care of my business. He takes care of me. That's nice. Now, do you have any kind of policy as far as work goes that you don't work on weekends or you have this time set aside for him? I don't on Sundays at all. Um, Saturday's hard. I'm a hairdresser and people, Saturdays no one works or typically no one works. So that's kind of a busy day for me. So I set aside Sundays where I don't answer any business calls or emails or anything like that. Um, and I don't, I don't before two o'clock either because it's just too, if I were to do that, I would be on my phone all day long. <laughs> 
probably wouldn't be a good thing. So when someone does call mm-hmm. and let's say that it's at two o'clock and you wanted they wanted to get a hair appointment mm-hmm. in or whatever it is, do you answer it? A lot or of my you... calls go to voicemail and I have a message on there that I will return your call within 24 hours and I always do. And, and my clients know that. They know I have kids and a lot of the time they even say, I know you're at home with your kids, but maybe you could call me back, you know, later in life. And yeah. so it totally works out. People understand. It's do you, feel like, like do you feel like do you feel like the kids thing? Um, do you ever use it as an excuse? I guess this was a debate that happened over on Power Chicks a while ago. I did a blog post about raising kids and making sure that I had someone watching him at certain times so I could talk on the phone. Yeah. Do you feel like that's ever been an issue for you? That oh, my kid's in the background. Sorry, I can't talk now. That oh, kind of thing? I never do that. That's I think that that's really unprofessional. If I were to call someone and make them make a service appointment, and they're like answered their phone. Oh, I'm sorry. I've got my kid. Can I call you back? I just, that's just a pet peeve of mine. That's why we have voicemail. Leave a, you know, have a nice greeting on your answering machine and then I'll feel comfortable to leave a voicemail. I just don't, I just, why? I make it, keep it professional. All right. So, uh, any tip for a young woman who's getting started today? Your number one tip, what should they do? Know your clientele. Know who your target audience is. If you want to target, um, you know, women your age that are maybe younger Look and see what their trends are. Learn everything you can about, you know, my inspiration comes from people on the streets and magazines, but, you know, trying to draw that fine line on what's realistic and what's not. You know, those magazines you see in the salon drive me crazy. (laughs) Like all 80s stuff that no one would ever do. So, but definitely knowing who your target audience is is very important. And five years down the road, what's Emily Kirkland going to be doing? You know, it's, I'll... I got into this industry because I love people and I love the hair industry. I've, it's been a part of me for so long and I, you know, um, it's, I'd love to get into teaching and, uh, I, I love to write. So even writing articles for magazines would be, I'll definitely do that. Maybe you can um, write one for YFE. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> I love to write. Um, and I, but it, I'll always be behind the chair cause it's really important. I mean, the sky's the limit in this industry and I mean you could go corporate you could go teach classes you can travel you can do anything but I think it's really important that you stay behind the chair so you keep your hands in the business and you know I have to say I I uh, worked at a hair salon through college and that was it was a very successful salon and the owner and the manager were always behind the chair it's so important and I feel like that was one of the reasons why it was successful because the employees could relate to them and they had kind of a view of what everyone was doing they knew industry trends all that fun stuff so Um, I think that's awesome. Yeah. And I hope to see you in magazines. I hope to see you doing a lot of things because Emily is a fantastic role model, like I said, for women that are building local businesses that have kids and leave the, you know, the typical lifestyle as a young female entrepreneur. Thank you. So thank you so much for for being on the show. I appreciate it. Now, where can everyone find you after? Um, You can find me on my Facebook page. It's Facebook slash EK Beauty Studio. And we'll have links over at the um, on the youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com blog uh, tomorrow. Otherwise, <laughs> thank you all so much for tuning in. Again, this happens every Thursday. We're doing the different time today at 11 um, Pacific, 2 Eastern. And I don't know if we'll be doing this next week. I think we might stick to the 6 o'clock time. <laughs> but you'll find out more. Check out youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com. Thank you to Emily and thank to you. Amanda. Everyone have a fantastic day. Bye.